And uh, I had prepared a sermon that I thought I would preach tonight. And then I tell you, the Lord just gave me a thought or two that I just, um, I, you know, it's either going to be real good or real bad, but it's going to be real. And just scribbled some thoughts down here, and I hope I hope it's not scrambled, amen, but that's what's on my heart, amen. And so I think you ought to prepare to preach. I don't think a preacher ought to get up and just throw something together, but sometimes at the same time, when you have prepared, sometimes God will just throw you a curve and say, go ahead and preach this right here, and I just feel like that's what's on my heart. It's better to preach what's on your heart than what's stuck in your head, amen, and I won't do anything if all it is is just intellect, but I want to be obedient to God tonight. If you're able to stand with us, appreciate all the good singing, and I'm glad that when we don't know the answer, we can thank God for the grace. Amen. Might be somebody here tonight and uh, you're facing something, you don't have the answer, but you can thank God for the grace. Amen. And he will give you the grace. Do remember Sister Patsy Savage in prayer. She'll be having surgery tomorrow. And so do pray for her uh, that God would touch her. Amen. And give her a good recovery. And uh, we'll certainly miss her while she's not able uh, to be with us. Amen. Psalms 142 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord, did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed him before my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand, and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my prayer, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I am. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Let's bow for prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, Lord, I do want to thank you tonight for the privilege to, to be able to come into your presence. Lord, I want to thank you tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I do ask you now, if you would, to help us these next few moments. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody here under the sound of our voice that has never been saved, I pray that the Spirit of God would deal with them once again, convict them of their sin. May they see themselves in need of a Savior. God, give them the, give them the courage and give them the humility to swallow their pride and come to Christ and be born in the family of God. I ask, Lord, that you would do an eternal work in all of our hearts, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this, morning, this evening. I want to preach out of verse number uh, 4 for a few moments tonight on what to do when refuge fails you. What to do when refuge fails you. Notice in verse number 1, the psalmist here uh, being that of David, I want you to notice his cry. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Now, that word supplication is an earnest request. And so what we see in verse number 1 is that the psalmist is crying out to God. You know, it's a good day in our life when we look up and we cry out to God. Amen? Uh, that's what God is looking for, what he is longing for. Whether you're saved or lost here this, this evening, uh, you and I ought to look at our life, but we ought to look up and we ought to cry out to God. It's always a good day, and we see us cry, and then we see us complain in verse number two. Notice he said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Now, God already knew everything that was going on in David's life, just like God knows everything that's going on in my life and everything 
that's going on in your life. But David didn't just cry. I mean, he shed his tears. Uh, he wept. He mourned before God. Uh, I'll tell you what else he did. He poured his complaint out before God. He told God exactly what was in his heart. You know, I want to say tonight, if you're here and you're lost and you want to get saved, all you'd have to do is come down to this altar and cry out to God. I mean, if you can just get broken, and I know tears don't save nobody, and listen, the people can get shed tears and not get saved. I understand all that, but I'm telling you, if you'll come to this tonight and just let God break you and get broken before God, the Bible said the Lord is nigh unto them that are broken and a contrite spirit. Amen? I tell you, if God could break up the fallow ground of your soul tonight during this preaching, and you came down here and you was weeping and said, dear God, I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell, but I want to be saved. I'll tell you, God will save you right now on the terms of the gospel. You say, preacher, you don't know how wicked I've been and how far I've gone. I want to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or who you are. Jesus died for you. God loves you, and he wants to save you tonight. Amen? And we see the psalmist here. He pours out his complaint, and we that are saved, what we ought to do is that very same thing. Too many times we just brush it under the rug, or we just carry on as if it's not there. But when we get serious with God, and we tell God what's in our heart, even though he knows what's already there, it helps us, and he wants to hear our complaint. Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like to hear people complain. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, one reason is because I can't do nothing about it. Amen? And a second reason is because I got as many complaints as you got, but it ain't going to do either one of us any good to sit around and just gripe about everything going on in life. And some people, if they couldn't complain, I don't think their tongue would ever, uh, I don't think their lips would ever move. Amen? I mean, they just live their life complaining every single day. That's not the same type of complaining here uh, that David is talking about. David is not griping. David is not grumbling. But what David is doing is he's bearing his heart before God. You know, that's how you get right with God. It's not not so much the words that we say but it's the willingness of our heart that when we bear our heart before God. I mean I'm convinced there are some people that they got saved coming down the aisle or saved when they left the pew long before they ever got down to the altar because they made their way to God. And I'm just as convinced that there's some people that came to the altar and died and went to hell without God because they came here but they did not get serious with God and they didn't pour their complaint out before him. Amen. You know, when you deal with a sinner, that's really where you're trying to help them to get to. Is the place where they'll just be honest about themselves. But it's not just good for sinners, it's good for saints. We can't just come down to the altar and just pray in a matter of formality, a form of godliness, but God wants us to get serious also. He wants us to be real. And I see David's cry. I see David's complaint. And then I notice his confidence. Look at verse number three. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. David knew here in verse number three when he said, my spirit was overwhelmed within me then thou knewest my path. Uh, he said, God, even when I'm overwhelmed, you know exactly where I'm at. And you not only know where I'm at, but you know the path that is laid before me. You know where I've trotted, uh, and thank God you know where I'm going. I want to say tonight, I'm glad I serve a God. And I may not be able to see what's around the corner, but thank God he not already sees it, but he's already standing there. He sees my tomorrows because he's in my tomorrows. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and thank God for 
forever. I may not know what's gonna happen from one second to the next. I'm glad he knoweth the way that I take. He knoweth my path. He knoweth your path. And though it may surprise us, hallelujah, it never surprises him. Amen. And we can have confidence in that tonight. And we see his confidence and then we see his critics. Look what he said in verse number three. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. You know, I'm glad God takes care of us. I mean, tonight, there are people that would lay, and and I mean, the devil, yes, but the devil uses people. And the devil uses saved people and he uses lost people. Don't you think for one second because you're saved and I'm saved that the devil can't use us? And sometimes when, when people are not right with God, they, they may even go to church, but when they're not right with God, uh, the devil will use people to lay a snare. But I'm glad God takes care of us. Brother, I look back through my life, and I'm sure many of you would testify the same. There are times when, just like David in this text, my back I felt like was against the wall. You ever knew somebody was laying a snare for you, but you couldn't do anything about it? They were out there, they were, you knew that they were saying things and you knew things, but you know what? God always takes care of us. I rest in that. But I'm not worried about, uh, listen, critics, David had his critics. If you live for God, you'll have your critics. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you do right, if you live right and you do right, I'm not telling you I always do everything the way that I should. I try to, but I mess up and I, and I fail God. I'm not trying to build that persona by no means. But I'm just saying when you try to live for God and you do what's right, you let people say what they will, let the chips lay where they are, God will take care of that crowd if they don't get right with God saved or lost. Amen. I've seen God take care of them down through the years. Uh, uh, what I need to do and what you need to do is make sure we're on the right side. Amen. Uh, brother, I'm telling you, make sure where we need to be at. And David said, when I'm overwhelmed, and sometimes we get that way with the snares of this life. Uh, he said, but God, you know, you're knowing every step that I'm taking. You know every move that I make. Uh, you know the path. Uh, boy, I'm glad. Listen, if it was left to me and left to you, listen, I'd step in a snare before I got a mile down the road. Uh, but hallelujah. I'm glad we have a good shepherd. I'm glad we got a great shepherd. He goes before us. Amen. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Hallelujah. God will take care of you. Amen. And so I see his critics. And then notice his crises in verse number four. He said, I looked on my right hand and beheld and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Notice the right hand. He said in verse 4, I looked on my right hand. What is that right hand? It's a symbol of strength. Amen. David was looking for some strength. He was looking for some support. Notice the rejection in verse number 4. He said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, and there was no man that would know me. I mean, listen, in a time when David needed somebody to stand in his corner, in a time when David needed somebody to hold his hands up, in a time when David needed somebody to rally around him, no man knew him. And no man would stand on his side. And notice his refuge. Listen, he said, refuge failed me. And listen, he talks about the reality in this verse. No man cared for his soul. David is literally running for his life. And it looks as if everybody has turned against him. I mean, sometimes in this walk of life, God will let us tread them, tread the pathway all by ourselves, seemingly. He'll let us walk alone when it seems like we don't have anybody standing in our corner. 
corner. It seems like that the enemy, uh, my friend, is just trailing us uh, and that he's gaining ground every day. That's where David is at. I'm going to tell you tonight, there is hope. Uh, when refuge has failed me and when refuge has failed you, uh, just like it had failed David, uh, thank God that's not the end of this chapter and that's not the end of the story. What do you do when refuge fails you? I'm going to tell you, God will take care of you. Amen. I'll tell you what to do. Number one, notice his faith. Amen. Look at verse number five here. He said, I cried unto, the, unto thee, O Lord. Look what he said. Thou art my refuge. What do you do when refuge fails you? I'll tell you what you do. You have faith in God. Amen. Psalms 46 said, God is our refuge and strength, a present help. Thank God in time of trouble. God is a refuge to the saved. I'm glad that in this old world and this walk of life, you and I don't have to get up every day and live our life in gloom and doom because we know that we have a refuge. We have somebody that we can run to. Man may fail us and society may let us down and the devil may get on our trail. But thank God there is one that we can run to day and night. We can get under the shadow of his wings. Thank God we can get close to him. And he will help us. And he'll sustain us in our time of need. Amen. And I find that we must have faith in this refuge. He said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. You know, I cannot help but when I read this psalm to think that God in his own providence and in his own sovereignty allowed David to get in this place in his life to, to, to show David that God, when you have nobody else to lean on and when you have nobody else to look to and when there's nobody else that will, will know you or stand in your corner and be identified, there is one that will not leave you and will not forsake you. I want to tell you tonight, all others may fail and all others may forsake and others may pass off the scene, but there is one that's going to be with us every step of the journey and thank God he's going to help us make the crossing. As the songwriter said, he will hold my hand. When I cross death's river, he'll be on the other side and he'll be waiting, hallelujah, for me and for you. You say, Brother Grafton, my family would never forsake me. Your family may be all dead and gone before you leave this life. I plan on, uh, my wife and me, we plan on going together in the rapture. Amen. But there also the Reality is, is that one of us may get called home before the other. I cannot promise her, nor can she promise me that, that we will never fail each other in this life. I think one of the hardest things to do is to watch a loved one suffer that you love and you want to help them, but you can't do anything for them. Refuge has failed. But God never fails. He never breaks a promise. He never loses, uh, he never has a casualty. He never loses anybody along the way. God never forgets. God never misplaces anything or anyone. He is a perfect refuge. Whether it be in the storm, whether it be in the desert, whether it be on the mountaintop or down in the valley low, 
I'm glad that we can always lift our hand and say thou art my refuge uh, when I have no other resources, uh, when I have no other plan, when I do not know the answer, I can look up and say you are the answer as they sung about a while ago when we don't have the answer. uh, Thank God he will give us the grace. Uh, He said I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, we never have to worry. Uh, My friend God will take care of us uh, all the way to the end of life and then he's going to take care of us in eternity. I'm saying this this evening, have faith in God. Don't look at your circumstances in life through the flesh and through all the failures of life but look up, lift your eyes under the hills from whence cometh your help and know that God has been faithful and that God will be faithful. I notice that when refuge fails, I notice his faith. Then I want you to notice his frailty. He said in verse number six, attend unto my cry for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. Notice this, for they are stronger than I. You know why David got help and why he found a refuge when all of the refuges failed him? Because David understood, not only did David have great faith, but David understood his frailty. Self-sufficiency, Self-pride, self-confidence will be the downfall of every one of us. When I think about who I am today, outside the grace of God, I couldn't, I'm no match for the devil, no match for the world tonight. You and I could not live one day without God's help on this life. You say, well, I've been serving God all these years. Doesn't matter, you're still wrapped up in a God, ungodly flesh. I live in an ungodly tabernacle. This stuff is wicked. It is anti-God. This stuff, my friend, is corrupt uh, and yours is corrupt. Uh, and listen, there's no goodness in any of us uh, and we should always remind ourselves that we haven't accomplished anything. Amen? You know what you and I are tonight? We're just a big old zero outside the grace of God. We can't do anything. Our Lord said that himself, that without me, you can do nothing. Amen? It's not that you could do something. It's not that you could do a little. It's not that I might do something things. No, Jesus said you can't do anything. You can do nothing without me. I'm telling you we are nothing. Paul said by, the, by, by myself I know nothing. We brought nothing into this world. We're taking nothing out of this world. We can't do nothing without him. I'm going to tell you through him. Paul said this. He said I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. We have to understand we're frail. If you got a great voice to sing thank God for that. Still can't do nothing. Preacher and have a good delivery. He could have a smooth personality. You still can't do nothing. That's what's wrong with people today. They have so much confidence in what they can do. And they don't understand that if we don't die to ourselves and, and let the Holy Spirit live through us and work through us, th- there'll be no results, amen? I don't want to be blinded by pride. I don't want to be blinded by, by listen, what, what others may think or even some people, they're legends in their own mind. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, don't anybody tell them how wonderful they are. They tell it, they'll tell themselves all day long how wonderful they are. Oh, listen to me. No. I want to tell you tonight, every one of us is capable of falling in a deep sin. Brother Blue preached that message. I think he preached it here, maybe a, in the church. And I, I think he preached in our church service. And then I think he preached it maybe in one of our jubilees years ago. But I've heard him preach the message many, many times on some things I'm scared to death of. 
And the number one thing on that list that taught the first thing he preached uh, uh, that I'm scared to death of is sin. And the second thing he said that I'm scared to death of is the shelf. Well, I'm telling you tonight, we're no match for Satan. We're not even no match for this flesh. I, I don't want to glorify the devil tonight. I don't want to give the devil no credit. I, I don't want to sit in church and think, well, I'll never get out of church or I'll never get do this or I'll never do no. I'm going to tell you something. Tonight, my flesh is capable of doing anything tonight. And the psalmist says that right here. He said, for they, the people that are against me, they're stronger than I. You know, some people drive themselves crazy. And I think it's the world we live in. They drive themselves crazy trying to keep up with everything and everybody. You know, it's so much easier if you just go ahead and just go ahead and surrender and say, you know what? I'm not going to be the most popular person. I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have everything that the way everybody. Yeah, I see that so much in society. I'm trying to keep up with everything. That's got to be exhausting. You know, I just, I just don't want to live my life that way. I, I, I mean, I look at people, how they live, and, and maybe they're happy doing those things, but I don't really think so. Trying to always just be everything that everybody thinks you ought to be. You can't be all things to all people. You might as well quit. You know what I'm supposed to be? I'm supposed to be to, number one, the Lord, what He wants me to be. And then I am to be to my family that God has given me what God expects me to be to them, to my wife, to my children, to my grandchildren, to my son-in-law. And then I am to be to my church what God wants me to be. Outside of that, everything else just kind of, you know, has to just fall in. You hear how quiet it is right now? I really think, I'm not shaming, I really think in this pressure-cooked society, that people without even realizing it, they try to be all things to all people. And in the process, here's what happens. You lose your own self, your own identity. You never become who God wants you to be. You may satisfy yourself at the end of the day, but you didn't meet the standard that He wants you to meet. And in the end, you may even lose your own family. You see, we have to realize how frail we are. That we come up short. The... No matter how much we serve God, there's never a day in our life that we don't that we, we come up short. And I'm not don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not telling you, I'm not making a license to be lazy or sin, but can I make this statement? I hope it won't be taken out of context. It's okay to realize you're gonna come up short. Now that don't need to be your standard. Well, I'm not I'm gonna come up short today, so might as well not get out of bed and might as well not brush my teeth, you know. Got to come up short somewheres. Oh, I mean, do what you can, amen. Just remember this. You know, it's, a, it's liberating when you don't have to try to be everything. It's okay to say, you know what? You're better at that than I am. Amen. You're, you, you, you know, yeah, you can do, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, Lord, help me to be so kind right here. I'm really trying, y'all. Okay. But uh, I better not say that. I really want to say something, but I better just leave it alone. Stay with the Bible. Amen. But you know, some people just get on my nerves. Y'all pray for me. They act like they got it all together. I'm like, you know, 
You're living on an island and it's called Fantasy Island. And there ain't none of us on that island with you because we know better than that. Amen? That's right. You know, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that's how it is. Let's move on. Amen? Frail. Let me tell you what I am today, and I'm not boasting in this. Let me tell you what I am today. I'm frail. I'm weak. Without God, I'd be miserable. And I want to say tonight that David found, you know, God, he never ran to my rescue when I thought I could handle things on my own. But he sure has showed up every time that I said, Lord, please help me. God, this is going to overtake me. And I'm telling you, on the wings of a dove, here he'd come. He'd help you in that very moment. And I see his faith. I see his frailty. And finally, notice this. I see his future. I see his freedom in verse, in verse number 7. Bring my soul out of prison. And I see his fervency that I may praise thy name. I see his family. The righteous shall compass me about. Those are some pretty good thoughts there. But then I see his future. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Boy, isn't that amazing how this chapter opens and closes. It opens in tears, but it ends in praise. Never saw that to just now. It opens with David leaning on God, but it ends with David talking about the blessings of God. He said, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. I want to tell you tonight, it really doesn't matter what today looks like. If you could take one step back and look at the big picture, how many times in our life did we think that, that refuge had failed us? We thought, man, I'm not getting out of this situation. This isn't going to get better. This is going to be what takes me under. This is what going to take me down. But hey, the fact is you're still here. Amen? I mean, listen, we had a worldwide pandemic uh, or pandemic, should I say, in 2020. I mean, we had a worldwide, but we're still here. Amen. I mean, who would have ever thought we'd live to see 2024? I can remember when Y2K come around and everybody thought that was the end of the world. But here we are, 24 years later, we're still afloat and the church is still going on and the gospel is still being preached and souls, as we saw this morning, they're still getting saved. I'm telling you, Jesus is still coming and heaven is still real and we got something to look forward to and God has fed us and God has took care of us. He's dealt bountifully with us, hasn't he? He's been good to us. He's blessed us. And one of us deserves it tonight. But I'll tell you, I sure am thankful for the blessings of God. I um, had to give a testimonial this week. And it's for me, that's a little bit harder than preaching. You know, I'd rather just take a text and preach. But in, in one point, I had to give a testimony. You know, and I, so I was sitting there uh, the day before and I was writing out some things and and just, and I never really done that, but I was going down through there, and I won't be honest with you. You want to get blessed? Go home and just start writing down. Go back as far as the Lord will let you go back, and just start writing down what God's done in your life. I know this mind we forget in the business of life how good He has really been to us. When I think about tonight, we're all to be. My mind went back to times when God. When he so took care of me. We could all testify to those stories tonight when he, when he gave us things that we didn't deserve. When he met needs in our life that nobody knew about but him. But he knew that deed. 
And he saw that need and he supplied that need. And it was just, it, it may have only been a small thing, but I'll tell you that small thing, it was, a, it was a huge thing because it was a reminder that he sees everything that goes on in our life. You think about through your life, here we are tonight. There is no reasonable, uh, there is no reasonable logic as to why you and I ought to be in this church tonight. But God, I just met you tonight, Jonathan. Where, you're from up north, isn't that right? Amen. Well, God will forgive you for that. You know, but I'm just. Thank God you made it to the promised land. Amen. Yes, sir. I just met you tonight. Don't know anything about you, but I know one thing. You're sitting right there on that pew. Let's see. It was divine providence. God brought you here. I don't know what He's doing in your life. I promise you one thing, he's doing something in your life. I looked back there and saw Jared Roach tonight. So good to see you, Jared. And uh, Jared Roach, I don't want to embarrass you. Jared, Jared Roach could make me and my wife laugh when nobody could. I mean, and my, and my girls coming up. When you come in tonight, it blessed, it blessed our soul just to see you walk in here tonight. Now think about that. I'm glad you're here. But I tell you, God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life tonight. If you lean on this world, let me tell you what it'll do. It'll fail you. If you lean to your own understanding, it'll fail you. But if you lean on Jesus, he'll never fail. He'll never let you down. As we stand tonight, as we get a song ready, I don't know what you